From Seven CTOs, my name is Etienne De Bruin, and you're in the CTO studio. This week, I went on a tooling journey. Yes, that thing that every CTO brings to their company. The ability to pick the right tools to get the job done. The magic of translating business goals into products and services means very little when the toolbox is empty or stale or outdated. Where did I begin? I headed to Los Angeles to speak with Jonathan LaCour, who is the CTO of Mission. He spends his days, like most CTOs, diving into the core mission of businesses, designing and implementing the most effective solutions to meet those needs. You guessed it, using tools. My job as a CTO is to pick best of breed, but it's also to have a good cohesive technology strategy. And as a partner of AWS, it is our job to understand the AWS, you know, kind of platform as well as possible. So we always give the AWS, you know, solutions a fair shake, right? And understand them deeply and and make sure that look, if this is going to work for us, that's what we should use. He's going to describe a progression here, so so check it out. I also want to know what's out there, right? What other options are there in open source and you know commercial that we can um, plug and play into the ecosystem? So we ended up with a mix. Um, some good examples are uh, so AWS provides CloudFormation, um, which is a wonderful kind of infrastructure as code platform, and we do use it, but we have decided to use Terraform for most of our our work instead. And and the reason for that is because it met our needs better. But it wasn't because we just picked it without looking at CloudFormation. It's because we you know kind of learned both deeply and and made the decision on on when to use the right tool mm. for the job. So it starts with a curiosity about technologies that are out there that rivals what he is already familiar with, and perhaps leaning towards in the first place. In this case, it's two infrastructure as code services, one from AWS called CloudFormation and one from Terraform. He then moves on to learn deeply beyond just a glance through the marketing sites, which if you look at CloudFormation and Terraform, the value props and feature sets are very similar. Then at the end, he talks about picking the tool that better meets their needs. So I'm imagining there were small nuances in favor of one tool over the other. I seriously feel like I need to take deep breaths when I talk about this because I I need to give myself time, relax, sign up for services, try them out. But there's a level of stress as CTO that somehow drives the need to move too fast. Well, when I was at Microsoft and I was managing a number of different R&D projects, I was really surprised to learn how much of our time we were wasting on using old-fashioned tools. And I think that there's a bias among people who are smart and work in software and IT to say, I can solve this problem, it's okay, I can work around anything. And to feel that that constitutes a form of productivity when it doesn't. Yeah, so back in San Diego, I caught up with Aaron Contora who's the former technical advisor to Bill Gates at Microsoft. In talking about the responsibility CTOs have to pick the right tools, he he introduces a concept that gives me pause about my own abilities to do just that. 
it seems to me that what we're doing in IT is every day we're building a factory to build the things that we really want done. We don't run the website by hand. We build a factory that runs our website. And if we're really good, we build a factory that builds factories that run websites. And if we're in the tools business, we build factories for those. So we're working on the derivatives. We're not moving X, we're moving the derivative, the the velocity or the acceleration of X. Um, We're trying to get leverage in what we do. And as a CTO, I think one's responsibility is really to try to align what's being done technically with what the business really needs to see happen. And too often that gets lost in the daily grind. And we find ourselves just working really, really hard. Just get that release out. Just get that feature built. Just fix the problem that's arisen this week. And we forget that if we're not investing in building a better factory, then the products that come out of our factory are not going to systematically improve or get any cheaper or more reliable. We need to invest in better tools. We need to invest in better processes. That's really what being a CTO is all about, as I see it. So Aaron introduces a concept known as the law of the instrument. It's also known as Maslow's Hammer, which is named after Abraham Maslow. So in 1966, he said, I suppose it is tempting if the only tool you have is a hammer to treat everything as if it were a nail. You might have heard your product manager say that recently. But what does that mean for me as CTO? Well, it's the over-reliance on familiar tools. Many years of experience does build a confidence that that could be attractive. In its most uh, beautiful manifestation, it woos the C-suite with your technical prowess and expedition towards complex technical solutions. Everyone is so in love with you, but maybe sudoing root, uh, you know, to copy remote shell scripts and execute them was solved by many, many services many years ago. And what they think is amazing is, is really not that cool anymore. So what is a practical way for us to combat this, this approach, this familiar tools first approach? Jonathan told me about an approach that I think is pretty cool. As technologists, as CTO, you know, we tend to think about things from a technology perspective, right? Which is good. That's that's part of our job. Um, but we also tend to try to solve problems from a technology perspective, and oftentimes we'll go deeper um, than we need to, right? So in the past, um, when I was building, you know, out companies and building out, you know, things, I would I would start from, you know the bottom up, right? And find technologies that I could use to build on top of. And uh, I would know fully in, in deep, intimate detail my entire stack. And and these days, um, there's so much competition and so much innovation and activity going on that a CTO's job is really to help deliver quickly, deliver value quickly. And if you're too obsessed with controlling every aspect of your technology stack, you can slow yourself down. I have fallen victim to this too many times. I hope future CEOs who want to work with me don't hear this, but trying to understand everything is is too much. And now Jonathan talks about a bias that creeps in, which is, which is quite funny. I don't want to be locked in with a cloud provider. 
So to me, this is a fallacy. It's a it's a false thinking mindset because what you're you're telling yourself is it's you know when I'm successful, I don't want to be locked in. It's like cool when you're successful, let's have that conversation. But today you're not there yet, right? This is not a problem for you. The problem for you is you have competition. You have people breathing down your neck. You need to innovate and you need to get to market more quickly. You need to deliver value to your customers. You need to be focused on your product. Mm. So. One of the things I really encourage CTOs to do when they're going through an exercise of uh, thinking about how to you know, think about the cloud is start to align yourself with your product team. Now, sometimes CTOs control the product team. In my case, I do. And in the last couple of jobs I have, um, I think that's a very good idea. I love um, it. And but if you don't, sometimes it's on you know marketing. Sometimes it's a separate you know it could be under the revenue officer. Sometimes it really depends. Um, but align yourselves with them and understand the pain points that they're trying to solve for the customer. Gain empathy for your 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 customer, and then think, okay, my customer does not care mm. that I am really great at you know managing a storage cluster. They don't care. What your customer cares about is the end value you're trying to deliver to them. So if you shift your mindset and start to think top down from how can I help deliver that value to my customer, then you stop thinking so much about, well, I can eke out an extra 6% performance or maybe if I manage my own you know, database. right? I, you might, maybe you can or maybe you can save money. Who knows? But are you going to get to market and provide value? Mm. Redeploy all of those great people on making your product better. Right, and if you do reach Dropbox scale and you're killing it, and you want to save millions of dollars by building out your own infrastructure, great, go down that boondoggle later. Don't do it now, right? And the thing is, people would often assume it's like, oh, it's CTOs who have been CTOs for a long time, and it, I haven't found that to be true necessarily, right? I found in you know talking to CTOs, kind of a great mix, right? You'll find. Um, people who are relatively new and they think, oh, it's because I'm a technologist that I'm I've got this job, and so I need to be, you know, advising that we build everything and we can do it better and da 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 da. And it's like, no, no, no. And but you will also find some people who have been doing it for a long time who just haven't broken out yet. So I love this top-down approach. It forces me to unhinge myself from the toolbox to clear my mind and be a solid technical voice in the C-suite, but but not to be the negative one, the expensive one, or the waiting very long for deliverables one. And so when we take on this top-down approach, how do we make decisions and, and how do we add value to the process uh, that, that maximizes that collaboration with the C-suite? I spoke with Casey, who is a mentor of mine and whom I love very, very deeply. And he talks about the PDSA method. Every manager, every supervisor, every CTO is required to make decisions. And, and the problem is that we're all wired with these analytical brains. So we think that we're supposed to gather data and analyze it. Well, that's the worst thing you can do if you want to promote decision making. And these experiments are 80 years old. So what I'm relaying to you is nothing new. Um, Walter Schuhart back in the, in the 20s discovered that if you reverse the order of analysis and try it, you make the decision a lot faster. You find out it was right or wrong, and you have so little stake in it that you can make a quick adjustment, even so far as to abandon the initiative altogether with no cost. And so, so if you wanted to, to train or teach a model, it would the short cycle is called the PDSA cycle. 
plan do, study it, and then codify it or act or institutionalize it. Plan do, not plan analyze do. Mm. Plan do, then analyze it after you do the doing. That's what learning organizations are doing. Peter Senge wrote a book called The Fifth Discipline, right, in, in the 90s. And it was about the learning organization. And, and, and how do organizations execute so quickly? Because they don't do analysis. What they do is they, they, they have an objective. They get as much information about it as they can, and they go do it. They go try it out. And then they find out whether it was successful. Well, typically, it doesn't turn out successful. You make a modification, and you, and you do it again and analyze it again. And then when you get to the point where it's, you want to then go from a pilot to broadly over the organization, then you, have, then you standardize it, and then you just replicate it at that point. But I don't think it's intuitive. Like, like I didn't come to this, this approach. I, you know, I read this approach and I tried this approach. And forever I've been, I create objectives and then I try them out. I go do it. And then I find out the analysis from the doing. Fascinating. So definitely rings of lean startup and definitely uh, an interesting exercise to actively resist analysis paralysis but so how, how do we as CTOs approach this? Uh, every bone in our body was cultivated to analyze, uh, to be detail-oriented. And, and so Casey spoke about this. The more you can um, repeat that, the more confidence you get in the process. But here's what I know. <clears throat> Everything that I need to know about a decision already exists within me. I just have to tap it, right? And so I have, to, I have to give less dominance to my analytical side and more dominance to my intuitive side. Again, this is a tough, tough switch over. People aren't comfortable in their intuitive side. They're secure in their analytical side because it's, you know, they hide behind it. The intuitive side, they can't even explain. It's not even verbal. But I'm telling you, it's the most powerful tool we have to get us on the right track of the right decision. And then if it's wrong, it doesn't matter because you got nothing invested in it. When you put in an analysis cycle in before the decision, the longer you're in the analysis, the more you're invested in that darn initiative because you've got so much time in it, you can't back away. But think of when you reverse the order and you have a plan and you go run a pilot real fast, you can abandon the whole thing. You know, no cost. Because cost is time, not money. So that's how I would approach decision-making. So what happens when we encounter resistance and, uh, you know, the PDSA method isn't well-received and you aren't moving fast enough? What, what do we do then? That's exactly what, what I see saying, happening. Yeah, I yeah. see CTOs saying, I feel like I'm the, the drill sergeant who's covered in mud and dealing with the soldiers who are, who are slogging through all this. And the, and the people over in headquarters don't understand what we're going through. They tell us, like, it's easy. Why don't you just go take this yeah. objective and if, just, tell me when you're just, done? It's just an if thing, yeah, right? Yeah, right. It's just a bunch of bits, <laughs> just ones and zeros, right? How hard can it be? It's just computerize it. And so CTOs find themselves playing a defensive game. Mm. Here's why we can't do that. No, 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 no. My job is to tell you, you can't have the things that your users need. And I would say, well, if you're a CTO, you are the person in the position of responsibility. You are the person that the whole company is relying on to find a way to make those business objectives true. 
And if somebody is willing to go to all the effort to get the money and to get the customers to identify a need that someone has to have met, and then your response is to say, I'm sorry, you can't have that. I'd say, well, is, yeah, was that your vision? Yeah. Is that why you, you know, became a technologist? So you spend your time telling people no? I thought it was to find solutions to that things. That is so, so, so great. Uh, I was... I can still see Aaron's face when he when he said that. It was it was hilarious. So yes, that's the final word is is with Aaron. Uh, I hope this I hope this helps you think through uh, your approach to bringing solutions and tools to the C suite. That was the CTO studio. You should go to sevenctos.com because uh, on the events page. We have a very special couple events coming up. So check it out, 7ctos.com slash events. I am Etienne De Bruin, and I'll see you soon, hopefully. <laughs>